Welcome to the Business for Good podcast, hosted by myself, Megan Lampke, where we inspire people to dare greatly, do good, and impact lives while reimagining their businesses for good. Join us weekly as we interview top executives, founders, and business owners to learn why they've decided to add an impact component to their products and services. This show is partnered with Venture, a nonprofit organization based in Minnesota, where their vision is to do tough things to reach people in tough places, working with their Business for Good platform. To learn more information or to get involved, visit venture.org forward slash business for good. Now let's dive in. All right. Thank you so much for joining podcast, our podcast, Business for Good. I'm Megan Lanky, your host. And today we have a special treat. We have one of my friends, Paul Herkman from Venture joining us today. Welcome, Paul. Hey, thanks so much. It's great to be on. Yeah. So for our listeners who aren't familiar with you or Venture, tell us a little bit about yourself. Wow. How about I start personal? So um, I live in Minneapolis, in North Minneapolis, or as we say, over north, uh, with uh, my wife, and I've got five kids. We call them the bigs and the littles. Our bigs are 15 and 12, and they're biological, and our littles are five, four, and just under two years old, and we have fostered and adopted them. Um, uh, And then I work with an organization called Venture, which... um, is one of the reasons why we connected with you and your leadership and most of all, your joyful disposition. But uh, Venture exists to bring justice to the unreached. So specifically, we work in kind of four cause-based areas, human trafficking, refugee crisis, extreme poverty, and then persecution based either on um, a belief structure or race or ethnicity, those types of things. And we partner with community leaders in the areas that we serve to come up with some sustainable solutions so that we can um, provide food, education, agribusiness, and ultimately allowing individuals and communities to thrive um, through um, the partnerships that we do with the leaders in those areas. How about I stop there and then let you (laughs) pick that apart or ask me something else? No, that's so great. So tell me more about the areas that you serve. How do, how do you and the venture team decide um, what areas to serve and and how and to implement them? So we partner with lots of different people, both domestic and international, but specifically internationally, we're a faith-based organization. And so we're identifying parts of the world where we believe that we can um, offer not only uh, physical uh, hope, but also spiritual hope as well. So um, we work in Southeast Asia. Um, Southeast Asia has this uh, interesting intersection of very, uh, what we call unreached, but what would just be, there aren't that many Christian churches there. And at the same time, there are a lot of justice issues based around systemic racism, based around extreme poverty, based on um, uh, oppression of governments, and then just generational problems. And so we identify in those areas, specifically we're in Nepal, Myanmar, Thailand, Bangladesh, um, and then a couple of countries that are so closed and so dangerous for our partners that I can't say them out loud. 
Wow, that that is a huge impact, and you're able to to reach so many places that otherwise wouldn't be reached. That's amazing. What are what are some of your favorite stories that have emerged from reaching those communities and those individuals? You know, um, so I'm going to tell uh, one first story, and that's how venture started. And I'll and I'll just do it really quickly, but yeah. it's, it's one of my favorite stories because venture started um, on a college campus. Three college students heard about a need in South America, and they decided they were going to respond. And they responded by biking across the country. Uh, mm. Put a pause there. Venture uses creative ways to engage people. Uh, one of the ways is miles-based fundraising. We have an app. If you're a runner, cyclist, uh, paddler, skier, uh, you can find out more on our website. But these guys were not cyclists, but they decided to bike across the country. They ended up raising about $17,000 for this particular wow. project, not thinking they were going to be a nonprofit. And why I love that story is they took a bold step and um, they were responding to a need. They were asking what they could do. The result of that $17,000 is now um, several years later, we've provided over $35 million in aid to justice work around the world. Um, and why I love that story is because maybe somebody is listening and they're afraid of maybe what that next step is. They're, they're a little bit excited. They're a little bit hesitant. You just don't know where that step is going to go. So that's one of my favorite stories. This year, um, we are in a year where we're just coming out of one of the most disruptive years from a health pandemic globally. And um, one of the things that has been beautiful for myself, my family, and the venture community is to understand the pandemic on a global scale. It has interrupted our lives. It has frustrated our lives. People, it's affected their jobs, their homes. But what we know is that the marginalized are exponentially more vulnerable in times like this. So to understand that when um, the pandemic may have affected my paycheck in the communities we're serving, it's affecting whether or not they have food at all. It's, um, right. it's affecting, uh, we work with um, human trafficking and we, there are stories of pimps literally pre-purchasing girls for when the borders open. Um, now you might say, why is that one of your favorite stories? It's the resiliency and creativity of our partners and how they have been able to get food where food is desperately needed, where people are literally dying of starvation. It's their ability to bring hygiene. Uh, we, we've never been a medic. We've been able to respond um, with uh, uh, hygiene kits and with medical and um, COVID prevention training as well. And so um, that's some of my favorite stories is how our partners are being creative and courageous and getting to places that we've never been in a normal season. And they're figuring out how to get there in a COVID pandemic season. And so I'm inspired by their courage. Yeah, that's just amazing. To, I know I've seen some of the images on your social media and your website of these partners literally getting on motorcycles, loading them up with products and with food and driving through the Himalayas, literally um, to some yeah. of the most remote places in the world to provide hope and to provide resources to people who otherwise wouldn't have them. So it's just awe-inspiring 
um, and encouraging that if you can do this in a year like 2020, uh, what what's the limit for a year like 2021 and where where would you guys go next and what are you dreaming about uh, doing in this year? Yeah, so one of the things that we, uh, that COVID has, has us, but I like to say created the opportunity um, is that we, uh, on, a, on a daily basis, pre-COVID, we were providing about 26,000 refugee meals every single day. We were providing um, roughly 700 boys and girls um, safety uh, from being trafficked or actually being rescued from trafficking. We were offering about 12,000 people education and then some agribusiness and church planting numbers as well. But with all of that, it was very centralized. Come to this safe house come to this school, come to this place for food. What we are pivoting towards is where we need to provide those things, absolutely. But when we can provide tools and training so that instead of just offering food to a, through a refugee feeding program, training on farming and helping mm. them um, with by purchasing one goat, which then turns into, well, you actually need two goats to turn it into a herd. They don't spontaneously. <laughs> but stories like that where, where our, the generosity of our community provided two or three goats, and now there are 30 goats, and they're funding um, the care for an entire community. Their food and everything that they need is pretty incredible. And so in 2021, we're really working towards this decentralized tools and training. Um, one of the things that you have been a part of the conversations uh, through our human trafficking initiatives is empowering women, um, especially moms, so that they can support their families so they don't have to sell their children. One of the, one of the most eye-opening things when most of us think of human trafficking, we think of really bad men stealing kids. And that is a true statement. But there's other versions of it. There are impoverished families that look at five kids and they go, if we sell one of them, that money can feed the other four. Parents should never have to make that choice. And so, especially by empowering women, training them on what a savings account is, um, giving them training around business practices and helping them give startup money. So startups to like mushroom farms, goat farms, things that we're doing right now that aren't just changing one person's life or even one family's, but we're talking about generational impact. So in 2021, as we are providing uh relief, immediate relief in food, safety, and education. We're also looking at development, um, training people in savings account, business practices, and how to be civic leaders in their area. Which is so amazing. And that's one of my favorite, that's one of my personal favorite stories is teaching people who are, uh, there's no hope or they're, all they're facing is just impoverished means to get creative and become entrepreneurs, learn things about fiscal responsibility, learn uh, how to attract microfinancing and manage that type of resource so that it can create that generational wealth and, and a platform for your family to continue to grow. I think it's so life-changing and amazing. And I just applaud everything that you and your team are doing. And I'm so excited to see how the rest of the year unfolds for the venture community. Well, I got to say, I'm so grateful for our partnership with you and Derek, your family, and um, 
we're also inspired by you. And it's not just the generosity of one check or a positive tweet or a hug or a snort when you laugh, um, but it's because you guys are using the gifts that you have, your entrepreneurial giants, you're doing incredible things and you create space to think about how that can impact not just your immediate family and not even just your community, but you're literally having an international impact. And uh, it, especially in this day and age where the conversation and the dialogue isn't always positive. It's so encouraging to see people that are shrinking the world and being uh, very intentional about who their neighbor is, whether yeah. it's across the street or across the pond. Right. Well, the world is flat, right? We're all just seven degrees away from each other. So that's right. For sure. That's right. Cool. Well, now we like to end this with three simple questions um, and I right. invite for people to learn more about you. So Paul, um, everyone starts on their journey going into making a difference and having a huge impact. Um, on their own way, but has there been a book uh, or a lecture or a podcast that's been really foundational for you as you dove head on into the nonprofit world and all of the impact that you're um, leading and sustaining today? Yeah, um, I've got a lot, but I'm going to actually give two that are fairly non-traditional. And so people are going to be like, what? Uh, the first one is the book is Les Mis. And I know that sounds okay. crazy, but it is the ultimate story of redemption and reconciliation of what humans can be when they choose at any moment to step into the next season of their life and then help other people. It's long, it's an arduous read, but it's beautiful. I love the story. And if you don't want to read the book, you can watch the movie or the <laughs> The second is also a little bit non-traditional, another book called Factfulness. And Factfulness um, is, uh, was written by some of the people that started some of the most famous TED Talks. And the idea is, do you really understand what's going on in the world? In my line of work, when you're dealing with young girls that are trafficked um, and sold as young as the age of five, six, and seven, you're looking for places of hope, for signs that things are gonna be better. As a person of faith, my first place is the Bible. But, but secondly, this book, Factfulness, is showing that things are actually getting better. We know this year in COVID that we took about a 10 to 20 year hit in some of the world global um, poverty goals. Uh, but I have hope in humanity. Uh, driven by a deeper purpose that we're going to make a difference. And so if you're just looking for some kind of hope to reorient so that you can have courage to take that next step, Factfulness is an eye-opening book and you'll be super smart at your next dinner party. <laughs> Sounds great. And I know a big part of what Venture does is making miles matter. So could you briefly tell the story about um, one of the epic hikes that you've gone on? and maybe how people could get involved if they wanted to do something similar. Yeah, um, okay, so I'm gonna decide between two. I'm gonna let you pick. You Tell can them pick. both, it's fine. Okay, <laughs> first story, Mount Kilimanjaro. My wife and I, uh, multiple years ago, got invited to lead a trip and we climbed Mount Kilimanjaro um, and we were raising money uh, to help uh, a, a school that funded 
the education of very marginalized young women in that community. And what happened was it was a gorgeous trip and you might go, I, wait, slow down, I'm not understanding, you're hiking a mountain and helping. So we identify kind of epic journeys that people either wanna go on or will grab somebody's attention and then we use them to do something difficult to help other people. So we save doing tough things for people in tough places. Well, the first five days of this hike was really not that tough for me, but the last day was so incredibly difficult. And um, when we got to the summit, I can remember this idea, um, a, a verse from, um, from my faith tradition just says, if you give yourself fully on behalf of other people, then um, your God's gonna direct you where to go. And that actually changed my life because it made sense. I was exhausted, and but I was exhausted because I wanted to help other people. And I looked at, my wife was with me and I was just, this is how I want my kids to understand the world. Not through a set of doctrinal beliefs that you must behave this way, but that when we use all of our energies on behalf of other people, the world is a more beautiful place. And so, so yeah. that, that was incredible. Most recently, I got a chance to climb to Everest Base Camp. Now it's not the peak of Everest, it's the lowest point <laughs> of the highest mountain. And on that trip, we were raising money for marginalized communities within Nepal, which is uh, where uh, Everest is borders um, Nepal as well. And while we were on that, um, working with the team and being in parts of the world where there was no motorized vehicles, no nothing, and seeing their joy. So uh, you and I would call it the most impoverished place we've ever been but they were full of joy and full of innovation and full of community and commitment to their, to their family and their neighbors. And it was so inspiring to think that we haven't cornered the market. A lot of times we're like, we have deep earning power and we have deep influence in the world, but those aren't the only two things. We're accountable to what we do to be generous and to be just but we haven't cornered the market on everything and to learn that kind of uh, um, contentment and joy and looking after our neighbor, I'll never forget that. Wow, that is amazing. I love what you just said there. Um, our contentment and our, how did you phrase it? Our contentment and our, our awareness of um, the injustice that, that can spark more joy. That was so beautiful. Well, Paul, thank you so much. How can people get more involved with venture or learn more about some of the tough things that you guys are doing for people in tough places? First of all, listen to this podcast because you cannot be around Megan too long without her celebrating something that we're doing. So thank you again so much for all of your You're involvement so with venture, for being a wise advisor to us. And then secondly, if you can't hang out with Megan all the time, you can just go to venture.org, venture.org. And um, there you can figure out how to follow us on social media and see some of the deeper work that we're doing uh, around the world because of our community. Um, and so thank you for being part of that community. And thank you so much for being uh, what I would say is Venture's greatest cheerleader. Oh, thanks so much, Paul. I'll make sure to put all that in the show notes. And until next time, find a way to do some business for good. Thank you for joining the Business for Good podcast. Make sure to subscribe, leave a five-star review, and share this with a friend.